The Sacred Dynamics podcast explores some of the biggest topics of our time, including the true nature of reality, the healing and awakening process, the evolution of consciousness, deception on the path, natural law, and daring to tackle the greatest of all quests, the journey of self-realization. Through conscious awareness and the law of correspondence, we engage individually and thus collectively in the restoration of humanity, embodying life itself, and our symbolic relationship with nature. Dear Sacred Souls, welcome to the 15th episode of the Sacred Dynamics podcast. Thanks for tuning in. As, our, as, as customary, please welcome the ever-present and always relevant Sacred Bar Brother Jay. Welcome, Ooh. brother. How are you? Greetings, brother. Greetings. Thank you. Very grateful. Awesome. Here right now. Thanks for being here and now, brother Roe. Thank you, sacred souls, for tuning in. Here it is. Here it is, episode number 15 already. It's a magic number, isn't it? Yeah, big time. 15-6. <clears throat> so you drop the 15 to a 6. If you look at the, let's go this direction, right off the bat, the centerpiece of the uh, interlocking triangles is a hexagon. The hexagon, the six-sided shape, is present all across nature and has such significant functioning. It's so powerful. I just like to say that we were brought together because each time we do a podcast, somehow there's some relevance to the numbers and what's going on. It's really, really obvious that this one has a lot to do with heart coherence. Absolutely. And that's what's pulling that number six in there. And so, man, I'm very grateful, uh, super grateful to be here, man. To be Beautiful. Here. I love it that it's from the heart. Mm -hmm. From the heart oh, yeah. to the heart. And Indeed. Absolutely. Total coherence, man. Anahata, you know, the heart center in the yogic tradition, the heart center is known as anahata. And anahata <clears throat> means not hit, which means that there's no colliding frequency waves there. Mm -hmm. So it means that this is just complete, pure resonance without any disturbance, any distraction. So, hey, why not? Beautiful. Well, mm -hmm. let's let's uh, begin. I mean, we have a truly powerful conversation awaiting us today with a very special guest. Um, but please let me just uh, uh, go back and, and talk a little bit about what we talked about in our last episode. We went deep into learning while you're still healthy. Uh, we chal uh, challenging core beliefs, challenge, challenging false health benefits. Um, we touched on the basics of the five biological laws. What is health sovereignty? Why is this knowledge so relevant? Uh, the biological and spiritual understanding of illness and healing, daily awareness application, how this aligns to the, to the great work of self-realization, and of course, as always, the golden nuggets. Mm -hmm. In today's episode, we have a great uh, fortune to dig even deeper as we embark on a provocative and dynamic conversation with our friend and sacred guest, Brandon Bossard, as we discussed conflict resolution and ultimate sovereignty. So welcome to the Sacred Dynamics podcast, Brother Brandon. Welcome. Jay, Roe, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited for this conversation. Awesome. Jay, Roe, and B. Yes. <laughs> B-Man. Absolutely. B-Man's in the house. Uh, we are tremendously grateful to have you here with us today uh, for a powerful and liberating discussion. And of course, for the opportunity to reveal, reveal profound perspective shifts 
in relation to trauma, healing, mastery, and of course, the relationship to the great work of self-realization, as I mentioned. So uh, we're really happy to have you here, Brandon. And uh, yes, feel free to make any comments to begin this journey. Yeah, I'm just excited for uh, for where this goes and unfolds. So yeah, I'll leave it to you guys. Cool. So Brandon, we had a, a really aligned pre-called a few days back. No, it was like, uh, it almost seemed that it was already the the podcast. And we would love to, to parallel that conversation um, and deepen into into it uh, here today no so uh, would you please share a bit about you your story uh, for for our listeners tuning in a bit about what brought you to this profound body of work uh, both with the ghk slash gnm as well as uh, conflict resolution healing and for sure self-realization absolutely mm. i mean there's two primary events and i'm going to start with Uh, for me, the most profound. And that happened, let's see, uh, I think it was 2015. And I just walked away from a network marketing company and I got to taste the um, infamous success story uh, um, fantasy that I think most humans, but definitely men pursue, which was being fairly successful in that industry and traveling and, you know, having a company paid car. And I was... Uh, addicted to sex. And I just was, I was, it was like wolf, almost wolf on wall street without uh, the drugs. And, um, I got to this point where I was feeling so empty and I was sitting on this couch and I just had this insight and it was, if I, number one, if I continue down this path, I'm not going to want to be here anymore. I'm not going to want to do this, this human thing. I just felt the untruth. And in that, what hit me was perhaps I should do the opposite of everything that I've been doing. I should only say yes to that, which I'm truly inspired about, regardless of situation, circumstance, outcome, money, and get to a point where I'm willing to lose everything to say yes to what's true. And that's what I did. And in that, at that time in 2015, all I could really conceive of was moment by moment asking the question, what out of all my options is my, my, my genuine highest excitement, not to avoid, not to get something But with discernment, what, where am I feeling called? And my day-to-day -day was go to the gym, write in a journal, put out a newsletter. Uh, that's all that was coming to me in the moment. I just decided, okay, I'm just going to go all in and, and follow this thread of excitement, similar to the surrender experiment. If y'all have read, read that book, it was, it was my version of that. And in a couple of months, I put a, an email out and at the time I'm, I'm, my car is being repossessed. I'm eating like beans and rice and And I'm fired up about it. I'm like, yes, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say yes to this regardless of my, my circumstances. And, and I got this hit, just, just start a newsletter. And I put a Facebook post out, Hey, who wants to join this newsletter? I'm just sharing about what I'm learning about my life. And it's just really a means of expression for me. And long story short, I put an email out one day and it landed in the inbox of a woman moments before she was going to commit suicide. And wow. she was in Australia and sitting in her car, looking out at the beach and she had a handful of sleeping pills and she's a renowned medium throughout Australia. And her guides came in and said, you know, before you take those pills and she was going to take them and go into the ocean and, and go to sleep and drown. And her guide said, before you do that, turn the radio on. And she said, okay. And then she, she turns the radio on and a song plays 
And word for word, the song says, you should stay a little bit longer. And so she stays. And then in that next moment, she gets my email titled, I'm excited to die. And of course I was referring to ego death and she responded and said, I want you to coach me. And I said, what's a coach? I didn't consider myself a coach. So I said, I'm willing to get on a call with you and just share what comes. She said, okay. And we got on a call and in that beginner's on beginner's mind, I remember this phrase um, back in the day, it was like ignorance on fire is better than knowledge on ice. And so I was just in this place of really wanting to serve. And so I shared as it came to me and, and she had a profound breakthrough and healing. And as she was able to resolve and really express suppressed emotion, all of her gifts started coming back online, her mediumship gifts. So then she would train me. And this is like my introduction. I was already, already deeply spiritual. My, I had blessing of a lot of mentors that came into my life at a really young age, starting freshman year in high school. I kind of like was red pilled freshman year in high school. And I was like, wait, this whole thing's a sham. So this wasn't new territory for me, but it was the first time it was being applied uh, individually and, and intimately. And so she would teach me things like, you know, see, you know, how to contact my spirit guides and kind of more the metaphysical side of the equation. And about six months in, her life completely changed. She healed a, a relationship with her father who would abuse her. And he was on his, essentially his deathbed and she didn't want him to, to pass that way. And they ended up getting tea once a week and she lost a lot of weight, started dating again. And I, I noticed her transformation and, I, and the fulfillment, the joy, the excitement around this process. I knew it was what I was meant to do. And so I looked for a mentor. Long story short, I found almost, almost a week later after I posed the question, I need a mentor. I, I, I want to pursue this. And I was hungry to learn. A friend of mine sent me an article and it was the top 30 philanthropist entrepreneurs under 30. And one of those uh, men, and it was all men, uh, was a guy by the name of Javon Langford. And I saw him and I read his story and, you know, just my whole body lit up. So there I go. I'm just following that impulse. And I, okay, I need to find him and reach out to him. And I find him on Facebook and I reach out and we end up getting on a conversation. And it was one of those soul colliding conversations where you're just like, we're destined to meet and we're both in tears. And I, he, I hear his story. He tells me, uh, uh, I, I hear his story. I tell him my story. And then I spend my last $300 to go sleep on his couch and learn from him. And he ends up taking me throughout Europe through workshops and introducing me deep into his work, which he has a foundation in what's called MITT, similar to Landmark, but I would say it's a little more heart-centered than Landmark. Um, it's uh, For those of you that aren't familiar with Landmark or MITT, it's essentially a, a personal growth, personal transformation um, group, collective cult, culture, you could say. Um, and I learned so much at that time. He's a master at what he did. And... So that, that really got me on the path in a really profound way. What brought me to GNM was about six years later, a devastating breakup. I mean, it was, it was, you know, I thought I had ego deaths before, which of course is the ego talking. <laughs> and then when I, when, when I had this experience, which for me was the ultimate form of betrayal, like the ultimate form of shattering who I thought I was, the source of my value, the unconscious and more, I guess you could say, biologically wired programs that were still running and playing out in relationship that I couldn't see all of them immediately 
come rushing to the surface. And it was, it was a true death. I mean, I went into, we, we, it was a textbook trauma bond situation. We went through the seven steps. I could write the textbook on the seven steps because it was so on point and it put me into a PTSD constellation, a depressive constellation, um, to the point where I, I actually wanted to kill myself. And luckily I was in the constellation where you don't have the energy to kill yourself. So I was like, ah, I don't have the energy for that. Maybe tomorrow. And, um, you know, my, my inner experience was, and I've had experiences and they, that maybe they'll be relevant here or not, where I know I have a, a profound knowing that we're eternal. And so I'm sitting there going, well, I'll just, I'll just do it next time. And then it hit me. It's like, I'm going to come to the same exact lesson in the next life anyway. It's the only way out is through. And after, you know, because of the trauma bonding and the betrayal and the intensity of that relationship, I tried everything to heal. I had chronic insomnia for six months. And this is where like everything leading up to that, this identity that I built, who I am, my efficiency, effectiveness as a coach, my value, my community, everything was built around this character that collapsed and I had to let it all go. And including my business. And at that time, um, I tried everything. I tried supplements. I tried, I hadn't, well, I'll, I'll say what symptoms I had at the time. I had chronic insomnia for six months. I couldn't sleep more than three hours a night with the separation conflicts, which I'm sure will define my, my short-term memory loss was so intense daily, three to three to five times a day, I'd walk into the kitchen. Why am I here? What am I looking for? It was like, I felt like I had onset early dementia. Mm -hmm. Um, I had indigestible more, so I couldn't digest anything. In fact, I couldn't digest uh, protein to such a degree that my blood alkalinity, the protein would turn into pneumonia and would bring my blood alkalinity up to 8.3. I was bordering into alkalosis. Mm -hmm. Um, I was definitely running kidney program. My kidneys were, were hurting and inflamed. Um, anyway, it was, it was eight to nine months of, I can't even get out of bed really. And it was absolutely debilitating. <laughs> and then I found GNM and around that time started to you know, I think a lot of people find GNM because it's like a last resort. Okay. All of the materialistic, and this is of course a reflection of where my psyche was at the time, depending on the material to shift the immaterial, to shift my emotional state, to, to heal me. And so it was that like last vestige of, I just need to find the right detox, the right protocol, the right thing, like save me. And it took me that, that nine months just to accept GNM, just to accept, okay, mate, what if this is true? And this uh, hardwired material paradigm that I've been playing out is the source of my disease. And everything in my life, the people, the food, the experiences are just a, a reflection of more deeply ingrained ways of being. And so there was this untangling process that I was doing really throughout this nine months. And I had my first experience of healing an indigestible morsel actually sitting in a workshop with another woman and my indigestible morsel was about i couldn't digest that i may never fully love someone again the way that i did like that love that it's off the table it's gone mm -hmm. you know and i couldn't digest i couldn't live with that and i felt it i felt it again in a workshop 
in, in a really safe environment where I knew I was going to leave that person and we weren't going to enter into any kind of relationship. So I, I also felt that love as not located in an object, in a person. I felt it uh, emanating from me. And it's like, consciously, I've known that for, you know, 10, 20 years. Oh, of course, yeah, love originates from yourself. But my body got the message to such a degree that I actually can't lose that which I am, that I instantly went into healing, went into cramping, epicrisis, the, uh, you know, diarrhea and completely, you know, my digestion completely healed itself. Um, re, you know, started reclaiming my territory. And that actually, a lot of that came through God, not necessarily building a new territory. And maybe we can unpack that later. But long story short, in a very short period of time, about two months, 90% of my symptoms uh, went away after not just learning GNM, but very biological confronting conflict resolution. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I was just all in. I was like, this, this is real. It's not only real, it's, it's, uh, it connects and weaves to universal laws. Mm -hmm. It's the microcosm. And once I started seeing that, it was like, wow, we've, there's, there's something really special here that goes so far beyond biology itself. And that's led me to, to this work. Wow. Uh, brother, thank you for sharing. Uh, you, you mentioned a couple of things that I just want to, to uh, mention again, because I love those phrases. Uh, the first one is ignorance on fire is better than knowledge on ice. Nice one. <laughs> I really <laughs> liked it. And uh, yeah. the other one, uh, the, the only way out is through, no? which, mm -hmm. which I think that's something that we all uh, can correlate. No, Jay, what do you think? Well, you know what? Uh, I think we even touched on that in the pre-call. That was so significant because, you know, the I'd like to point, uh, I'll point out a few things and go circle back to that. One, B, thank you so much for sharing that, brother. Super, super appreciate that and really feel you and feel the the substance and the essence of your expression and what you're saying. I wanted to point out that isn't it so profound that we we get a chance to align with what because what are natural laws but sacred principles, sacred framework, mm -hmm. right? And so revealing sacred framework this is something that when your attention is gets to be circulated towards the subject, when you get to circulate all of that attention, which is ultimately the currency of the universe, and you circulate that attention here, all of a sudden you start to get much more awareness, this mm. personal awareness. And as you start to this sacred framework, it's w which they're revealed through experience and investigation. Mm. So when you, what happened, it's so profound your story, because look, we started this on the episode 15, we're talking about heart center. And then all of a sudden your story starts with this high level of pressure and then this level of surrender. And mm -hmm. where's surrender go? Surrender is here. Mm -hmm. Surrender is heart center. Surrender is anahata. This is, this is, you know, source. This is where you call it God's house, whatever you want to call it. This is where surrender is. And so spend so much time psychologizing with our experience that we're not on the same playing field with mm. these sacred uh, framework. We're not on the same playing field with where that sensation is actually emanating from. Mm -hmm. 
So as you've, you know, as you uh, uh, really eloquently expressed this part of your story, which I'm sure has a lot more, you know, ups and downs and, and uh, you know, a lot of things to it. But I just want to circle back because here's where we see that the introduction into the Germanic, we see the introduction when all of a sudden you land in the, some of these sacred principles. And since your attention isn't distracted by this character that you had been cultivating, all of a sudden you can read between the lines mm. and and that's what we have what we find and you know what what i had found with my personal healing journey which was very exotic and you know episode one tells a lot about that but going on that point where once you get to the point where the character is just is 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 locked in and there's no way out all of a sudden it's like your your true nature starts to emanate through that stuck mm -hmm. space and it starts to come through where from here mm -hmm. and so it starts to come out so i just i wanted to point out just a couple of those beautiful correlations and then of course as we've been expressing with our beautiful sacred community and so grateful to have you here b that we see that the the germanic uh, let's say the 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 five biological laws and some of the structure of the of the Germanic new medicine, we see that it is ultimately uh, revealing certain frameworks that weren't designed by Dr. Hammer. They weren't designed. These were rediscovered uh, uh, laws and principles. And then all of a sudden, when you fall into it and you start to discover and feel this framework, and you can you can comprehend biologically what the body's doing it starts to give you a chance to move beyond that stuck co uh, contract that you are the body and that you are this the memories and sensations mm -hmm. and it's it's the revealer and so you had some significant aspects that brought this revel this revealing energy and like you said it wasn't that all of a sudden you got spiritual, you are spiritual. You got a chance to, to uh, embody more than just a story. You're embodying the essence of source. Mm. Definitely. And I, and I think, um, I mean, it's, it's super interesting, but uh, it, it seems that uh, for people to get to, to GNM, as you said, uh, B, you said, uh, this is my last my last resort potentially, you know, and uh, it seems that there's like uh, this uh, thing happening where uh, the pressure that builds the diamond, you no, know? that that's something that uh, we all three have been through very difficult uh, circumstances, and uh, at some point we got to this point, but would be I think it would be really interesting for the audience on how to avoid that pressure, you no, know? I mean if you can avoid that. Uh, uh, super high pressure that gets you to this point. If, is there a, I mean, the question is, is there a, like a shortcut to, to get there? I would hope so, no? And, and so people can <laughs> understand this better and align to it and integrate it into their uh, daily experience. Yeah, I love this question. Um, also, thank you, Jay, for that reflection. I mean, I'm not God, so I don't know what, I mean, you know, I wait a second, slow it down, <laughs> slow down. The Who are track. you again? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, yeah, I, my mind can't know what people need to experience, to turn towards themselves, to turn towards the truth. 
Um, I know what kept me evading the truth was I was getting, I was, I was perceiving that I was getting something out of it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what do you get out of the pressure? And for me, it was the illusion of significance, safety, security, validation, love, adoration, respect, power. And it's like, who would I be without all of those? And if that scares the hell out of me, which it would for most people, then you're going to hold on to that identity and untruths for dear life. And you'll only let go when the pressure completely cracks you open and you have no choice. It's like walking in one direction until you finally get to the corner of that room. And you're like, oh, I can't actually go further in this direction. I'm forcing myself to turn around. So there's kind of two categories of some of us need that because our story of going that far into the dark and coming back is what other people need. And if we're really operating as a singular expression, then I have to, my life has to be the most efficient, the most precise puzzle piece that can fit into the whole. And sometimes that may be an experience that's extremely challenging because I'm going to reach people that I couldn't reach before. And that's molding me into the puzzle piece I I need to be to actually support the whole in the way that I'm designed and be supported by the whole in the way I'm designed. So I think in some cases it's inevitable, but that's not a bad thing. And then in other cases, it, you know, it's like you're hearing these words now and you might feel the pressure building. You also, that the purpose of going to that absolute threshold could be, so you don't have to go to that absolute threshold, but it takes a lot of self-honesty, a lot of self-investigation. What do I get out of disease? What do I get out of drama? What do I get out of pursuing perfection? And we have to get really honest. And once we see clearly that what I think I get out, I'm actually pushing away. You know, there's this line in A Course in Miracles that says, where the ego points to salvation is only separation. Mm-hmm. So it's like all of the chasing, the moment I chase it, I, I look for it. I leave it. I leave what I'm looking for. And when we can see that clearly in our own case, we'll drop the pursuit, but it has to have that. You have to have that click moment where you're no longer invested in it. And like anything else, when something is divested of energy, it dies. I don't need to let it go. It will let go of me when I'm not invested in holding on to it. Yeah, that's profound. Thank you. That's very profound. I love how you how you shared that because you know this is where we segue into what's known as the great work. Yeah. And this segue comes as you mentioned. This very I, I love what you said about, you know, getting in the corner and having to turn around or because ultimately it turns out that when is the distraction not enough? Mm-hmm. Ultimately, and so, you know, it, it also depends on what level of, as you mentioned, how far did you go in the dark? How much trauma material do you have? And this is going to play out in the mind world because in the mind world, cause and effect is one of the natural expressions here. And so it's, there's a ripple effect. And, you know, we get to the point where, you know, I like to say that there's a point where it doesn't suffice. And when it doesn't suffice, all of a sudden you are taken from this. The character has lost its momentum because it isn't no longer is the food worth keeping up the trouble for. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what you're describing. And so, you know, each of us have gone through that. And I think a lot of our listeners, there's people listening right now that are in varying degrees of coming up on this, you know, as we could call it the dark night or, or you know, going through this really uh, major shift where ultimately what you do is you shift from the distraction to the source. And that's what we all, you know, we end up in this, the, the phenomena the system was essentially for a lot of us, our system was left on, you know, we were conditioned and left to allow for bias to take its way with us. And so as you allow bias to take its way, it, there's going to be a point where you are going to come to the, you know, to the phase where you cannot continue that path any longer because it's less fulfilling, less fulfilling, less fulfilling till you're hollow. Mm-hmm. And you're hollow because you've been streaming your source to everything else mm-hmm. and then looking for that everything else to supposedly be what is ca- taking care of you, but you weren't taking care of you. So it has to do what it does. It's reflecting that. Yeah. So that's, you know, it's really, uh, really profound how you laid it out. No, that's really well said. And I'll just, I'll just mention on that as well. It's like when I, when I chase or when anyone chases, I'll just speak for myself, um, solution resolution in the world, we're buying into materialism and, and we're saying there's something I'm looking for located in something outside of me. Mm-hmm. And right in that moment, there's the invention of me and something else. And I can't have peace in that state. And I will be drawn to Western solutions because Western medicine is materialism. It's based in materialism. And so as this, and I think people are drawn to GHK when they, there's a failure to resolve what they're looking to resolve via any strategy of materialism and they're Mm -hmm. turning inward and becoming the antithesis of materialism. And then they start discovering modalities that have a totally different base worldview understanding that have a real world application like GNM, Mm -hmm. which is the opposite of materialism. Although it deals in the gross, it deals in the material in the most um, like dense way, but from a totally different perspective than Western medicine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I have a question for, for both of you. Let's see. Um, what would be like the aha moment or the, you know, the, this idea that changed everything into understanding the GHK, GNM, um, or in another way, what would be the, one of the, f- the five laws that had most impact in your belief system, in your understanding, so that that cracked you open to, you know, uh, open yourself to the, the this this practice, this type of medicine. You want to start it, Jay? Sure. Um, why don't Why don't I say the Why don't I answer it this way? Um, I would say that first off, the paradigm shift in illness ultimately starts when one recognizes that what they thought was the enemy is the healing process. So there's a flip, there's a 180 flip there, which kind of could represent how you start. There's a major paradigm shift in what you're looking at. I think that if you look at uh, 
acquiescence. If you look at that law, what that what the fifth biological law, one of the sig major significators of it is that it refers to the fact that the whole idea of the invisible invader, the whole idea that there is always something lurking around the corner that is awaiting your demise, this is kind of laced in uh, kind of a twisted uh, religious context. And, you know, I think that there's a level of freedom introduced in in the fifth one. And so, you know, and, and then, you know, as you, as you look at the laws, what you find, and I, this is where I'd like to comment most, Ro, is that I would like to say that what you find is, as we said, I don't remember what podcast it was, but what we were referring to, and B, I'll bring you in on this, we're referring to what would be considered in the way that I consider the, 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 like the inception of deception, the primary deception, although you could go through and start to look at all these different concepts of deception, the primary deception is self-deception. That's the primary deception. There's the inception point of the false self. Mm -hmm. And so on that path, the false self is always looking outside. And so that's where it kind of kicks off. And then when we get into this framework of, of the GHK, the GNM, what we find in the framework is that all of a sudden there's this level of sovereignty introduced. There's this level introduced where all of a sudden it's in your lap. What it is that you had been trying to farm out to another team is now in your lap. And so no, once you find it in your lap, there's no other option than to start recognizing it to be so. And, and, and that's what the experience of, uh, that we have had through the GNM and, and what, you know, one of the significators of ultimate sovereignty is the way that it reintroduces personal sovereignty. Mm. And so I think that the introduction of, or the reintroduction to one's own level of responsibility is like level up. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that is one of the big level ups in the GHK or the GNM is that you are now placed back in this level of responsibility. So then you go, whoa, well, then who am I? Mm -hmm. And then we get to now we start leaning into the great work because ultimately, who am I? When we refer to the I as in the uh, credential of the false self or the non-self, then who am I? But a series of thoughts, sensations, and memories. And so then I go, but wait, who am I really? And the only way to answer that question is to actually appropriate your attention to where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. And where you're coming from is the source of your existence. And that's the direction that we appropriate our attention in order to find out that we had been in amnesia playing a character who was farming out all of its responsibilities and aiming its attention on gratification and uh, trying to uh, avoid uh, fear, trying to avoid anything fearful and avoid the, you know, whatever is unsavory, avoid it. And whatever is, you know, calling the, uh, and we say in, in Spanish, the ganas, we're calling the, the energy. We, we're, we're being called to uh, reinvestigate here why we came and who we are. And I think that we would agree that the GNM is such a significant uh, 
intermediary for those who need to step off the ledge of, as you say, the ledge of material. So they're backing off off the ledge of material as they're taking on more of the recognition that there is something very masterful taking place here and that you're the observer of what's masterful taking place here instead of being locked into this body idea. Because, you know, as the masters would say, anything that has a beginning and an end is an illusion mm-hmm. because the eternal doesn't start and finish. And so when we start to tap in and and we start to look at that, we start to find out that it's so much more stable to know that you can now use your attention to appropriate it towards seeing these events, watching and, uh, and recognizing how the body's reacting and what's going on through it. And then seeing that if you see it out to its completion, you just watched the whole cycle and the one common denominator there that was there was your flowing attention. Mm-hmm. Start to finish. Mm-hmm. And that's what's needed for us in order that we can. And this is where we're starting to introduce more of the GNM to others is so they can start to watch and see the process and go, oh, that's what's going on. But I couldn't keep my attention there long enough because fear popped me out into chase the material situation. Mm-hmm. Love it. Thank you, Jay. Powerful. Very powerful. Sovereignty, freedom. Feeling it on this call, brothers. Absolutely. What What about you, uh, B? What do you think about that same question? Yeah. I'll start with a really practical experience that was just, was just undeniable. The kind of my process of proving the validity of GNM to myself. Because I think even if something makes sense uh, up until we have a direct experience, we may not have conviction to go, ah, this is true. And so for me, at this moment in that relationship, the, the trauma bonded relationship where uh, my partner left and I didn't want her to leave. And I was, I went into a separation conflict. Like I, I had a, a DHS, I was shocked. I was alone. I was overwhelmed. And for those two nights, cold hands, cold feet, couldn't sleep. And I wanted more than anything for her to be in my arms. She came back about a week later. And upon coming back, we had a conversation. I shared, emoted, expressed, resolved. We entered connection. And the next morning I broke out in a rash in my armpits and, you know, kind of like down to the top of my rib cage. In German medicine, that's a separation conflict of wanting someone close to you, wanting to embrace someone that you can't. And first, you know, I noticed the conditioning on my mind, my mind go, is it mold? Is it my bed? You know, we just lightning speed, go to the material. And I stopped and wait, I need to look this up. Let me, let me go to learninggnm.com. And it was exactly as an exact description of, of what was happening in my psyche. And that was a moment where I was like, wow, um, you can't make that up. I didn't know of the separation conflict before it. I only knew of that specific form of separation conflict and where it would hit after it happened. That was a moment where I was like, okay, I'm really going to start to take this serious where something really landed for me. And I, I like these two reference points. It's like, you, we can experience profound transformation through ecstasis, ec- ecstasy, a, a moment of understanding 
where uh, there's just this like aha, or you can call it revelation. And then we can experience profound opening or the non-dual state or love through catharsis, a profound release of emotion. And then we arrive in that same place Mm -hmm. just through, and we can get to ecstasis just through understanding. It doesn't always require catharsis and through seeing the first biological law. This was one of the things that really, it just brought me there. Go, oh, every symptom, what preceded every symptom was this, it was a DHS, right? This shocking experience that we could see on a CT scan and what animates the brain, the psyche. The psyche is non-material. Western medicine would say it's electrical, but if you keep asking the question, what is making the electrical electrical? They're going to get to what we don't know, mm-hmm. right? So so that, you know, ethereal um, force is causing, is that cause of all physical disease. And so when I really, when I really just sat in that, okay, wait a second, all is mind. It's, it's all mind. We can say awareness, but mind, like the active principle of, of awareness, it's, it's, it's all one thing. You know, I remember in a in course miracles says something like, I'm not the body and I, I'm not the body and I'm free, you know, and not to deny the body. Cause that's another side we can go on in the, especially in the non-dual world, the bypass central, but the, just the, oh, this principle is pointing to a larger principle that this, the the physical reality is all being animated by something non-physical. And that's what's at cause, not the physical. And that, that, again, there's get hit by a car. That's going to cause you to break some bones. Yeah. That's all real. And what's making it real what's, what's giving life to the experience is mind is, is awareness. And so when those two principles, more of a universal principle, uh, what did you call it? Uh, Jay sacred, uh, sacred framework or sacred framework. Yeah. yeah. When that, when that, which has been so close to me for the last 10 years, when I saw the, the interlocking between that sacred principle, sacred framework and and the, and the first law of GNM, it was like, I had a, a moment of, just complete bliss and and yeah, revelation uh, and revelation <clears throat> and i i could do that with most of the laws but that was that since that was the first one that word hit me that was just a really important moment where i saw the truth or i'll just say i experienced the truth directly yeah you you were in alignment and so you became it mm-hmm. that's that's profound and and and, and if i can bro, i just wanted to comment that I would like to point something out, and this is, you know, one of the one of the parts of w- what brought sacred dynamics to the table, and this this uh, you know this whole offering and this this vehicle of expression, it, you know, was related to very dramatic a healing opportunities, but very dramatic spiritual experiences. And what I'd like to pro- point out is that. You know, one of the things I'd like to mention is that, you know, when we start to get really like, you know, uh, uh, let's say on fire for uh, to, to realize, no, just to, to, to peel away all that is, uh, you could say untrue or non-self, that I'm peeling away all that, that, that isn't to reveal. And so these moments where you've had this blissful, you know, this, where you slide into totality, 
those are the moments that you are actually yourself. Mm-hmm. That's when you've been exposed to your true nature. And so then what we find is, is that our true nature isn't a, an experience. Our true nature isn't a process of building. Our true nature is. And so whatever isn't has seemingly been taking all of our attention. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I just, it, it's just, it's so significant to point out that there's, there's one step past, and, and I want to point this out, there is a very significant step beyond mind. And, you know, if, at a certain level, you'll go out there and, you you know, people are at a certain level of coherence and realization and they're talking, you know, they'll talk about the emerald tablets and all these different, you know, different ideas of the uh, of the the sacred laws. And, and one of the one of those laws is that the all is mind. And I want to point something out from personal discovery. The all is beyond mind. Mind is a structure within the all. And so the all is what is the the. Uh, emanating complete total backdrop of all of this and you know we we look through mind and that's how we see all of this but when we look the other direction and we go through mind from mind to where the source of mind is what we find is is that there isn't an experience there there's a flood of totality there's a flood of wholeness there's a flood of this bliss because you have just in uh, it, it re- revealed yourself. And I'd like to tie in that with when we're looking at uh, symptoms and when we're starting to go through and see how the body is going through these adaptations and processes, it's really significant to go. When I know that I'm like, for example, in the in the uh, in the yoga tradition and in the Vedantic tradition, we go, okay. How do you know you're not the body? And then so you have to do this. You're doing this work to go, okay, but can the body see the body? How is what's registering to see the body? And you go, ah, okay. Well, then maybe it's, then maybe I'm mind. And you go, okay, but what is the mind? The mind is ultimately thoughts, senses. This is what mind is. It's based on thought. All of it is based on thought. And so when you go, but to whom is the thought relevant? And that's when we start to peel back that we're the essence shining through here. And so instead of the idea where, you know, where someone will, they say, well, you're going to spiritually bypass this deal then, because then you're just going to go, well, I'm, you know, this is a dream. I'm none of this, whatever. I don't care, but you can't bypass when you're here. You can only bypass here. Mm -hmm. And so then the difference of course, is the appropriation of attention to source or the appropriation of attention to distraction. And so when you're here, there's no bypassing. You can't bypass what you are. You can only look away from what you are, but that doesn't last because it'll never suffice till you get back to what you are. Yeah. So I love that. And thank you for that distinction. I love Advaita Vedanta. That's, that's been a huge part of my path as well. And so using my, I was using mind and awareness synonymously, but I love that you made that distinction because like you said, it's like mind are the goggles that we wear to, to filter the light of awareness. And, Mm -hmm. and even how you said, you know, mind can be, uh, we could say even just a thought that's mind Mm -hmm. and that it's changing into this thought and this perception and this one. And like you said, this background, I love, um, 
Rupert Spira's analogy of the blue sky. It's like there's this blue sky of awareness that's ever present. And we focus our attention on the clouds, which is what's coming and going. Yeah, on the weather. Illness, yeah, disease. And so, 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 and I think this is relevant to GNM because we go, well, I need to resolve and change this cloud in order to then, and then fill in the blank. It's always going to have to do with safety or to feel love, to feel relaxed, to feel okay. The blue sky is never not that the blue sky is that. So it's, it's literally just the attempt to resolve something to get somewhere denies the true self. And and you'll, you'll be in an active conflict. And even if you resolve the conflict, you'll just create more conflict. So you can get good at resolving conflicts on the mind level, but that's not always synonymous to freedom. No, it can't be synonymous to freedom because ultimately then if you are, we are referring to your, your actual natural, Mm -hmm. uh, your, your true being, your true nature and your true nature is ultimately untouched by this mind world it is untouchable here and so it just takes for one to have some form of experience that shifts their perspective enough that all of a sudden they go like that's what's so profound about self-realization is that you're like wow there's a subtle nuance here that almost no one can get and yet when you say but I'm the eternal undying self. If you're referring to it collaterally, you don't know what you're talking about. If you're using words to describe it because you have had the experience, you're only just doing the best that you can to share the greatest of significance to any other. And so, you know, what we're doing here is that we're gelling a profound conversation around ultimate sovereignty, which is the removal of camouflage, as the great Ramana Maharshi would say. Mm. Absolutely. So the removal of camouflage is the peeling back of what you aren't, because what you are, you can't know. You can only be. Mm -hmm. You have to know what, so you have to be able to recognize what you're not. And this is what, you know, this is where we go from, uh, you know, there's people in the Germanic and the and the GNM world and the GHK world where they cap out at uh, now a, a person who is a symptom, uh, you know, machine. All they can do is just go. Now I'm getting this symptom. Now I'm getting this. What are they doing? They're uh, they're still claiming allegiance to the body being who they are, mm-hmm. to the events being who they are, and one of the things that I think that is so profound is that when you're not distracted and you have all of your attention, you can find out very easily that phenomena is impersonal. And so then we're here personalizing it. Mm -hmm. So the personalization of phenomena is the spell of materialism. Mm -hmm. Wow. Absolutely. And um, that this makes me think about the, the real, the only real virus, which might be fear, right? Because fear is the <laughs> yeah. one that punches, uh, blows up the whole balloon <clears throat> in all of these scenarios. So, how would you, uh, how would you guys uh, uh, approach this fear factor in in this conversation for the, for our audience to grasp a bit more how to, you know, comprehend and integrate? 
Yeah. Well, I'll say, you know, based on, I, I just love this, the non-dual Advaita context because it's like fear and the separate self are really one and the same. They're two sides of the same coin. And so if I'm in fear, I'm also identified with my body, with the character. And so the, there's two approaches. It's like, I can, I can turn towards myself, a, a principal way that I love wording this principle is when I, when I see or experience what's true, all that's untrue dissolves. And so I could turn towards the truth and there's an effortless dis dissolving. It's like in Buddhism, when they say reality is self-liberating the, the Buddha, it's too much for the Buddha to even try to be free. That's that's too much effort. Even if all he had to do was blink, he wouldn't do it. So that's even too much effort. Mm -hmm. So it's like, there's the turning away without denial, which means, oh, instead of like you were saying, Jay, giving that my attention and allegiance and fighting it or taking a position for it or against it, I can turn towards myself. And then we can only use language the best that we can mm -hmm. to see who and what I am. And, and in that wordless understanding, fear can't exist. I don't have to do anything to it. Right. That's, that's one route. And I don't know if everyone is always ready for that route because it's also, it, think of like the shiniest, most direct route is also the most hijackable by the ego. <laughs> Just turn away. You'll be fine. You know? So, so I think that's really relevant when, when people really get it in their own time. And I love in the Tao, it says the master works with the minds of the people. And so the minds of the people are, no, this is real. Okay. Let's, let's actually go towards it then. Let's go towards the realness of the fear until you find what's at the center of it, which is you. So it's like a total, and, and we can relate that to GNM as this taking responsibility, putting awareness onto our conflicts or fear and having a process of inquiry that brings the fear so close. Like if I were to bring fingers towards my head, once it gets close enough, I, I can't see them anymore. They're gone. And so there's a process of inquiry I teach. It's called integrated somatic inquiry, where I, I'm not speaking to their conscious mind. I'm, I'm speaking to their body through a type of reverse inquiry. It's a way of, you know, it's like if I were, it's not an affirmation. If I were to say, man, I am, I am free to do and say whatever I want. And if my body says no, then I could consciously understand any spiritual principle and tell and convince myself I'm living it. But if I make that statement and I'm, I'm testing, you know, our body, when we say something that's true and our body's on the same page, it either opens or it, it doesn't need to respond. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just life giving or, or yeah, it's towards life or towards death. Right. And so if I say something that's true and my body says, no, I have repression, I have repressed emotion. And so this is a way of testing using our body as a lie detector and going, okay, my conscious mind believes it true. it's true, but is it known? And it's only known when it's what I'm living, when I'm actually integrating that knowing into my relationships, into my life. And that looks like very practical things. That looks like the ability to say, sorry, that looks like the ability to be responsible. You know, it's, it looks, it's, it's very practical. And I love how it was Rupert Spire who said this, it's like this inward inquiry process is our journey to God, but the, that's chapter one of the book. Our journey in God is then living that and bringing that into this world. Yeah. And, and I love integrating both of those approaches in inquiry because it leaves no room 
for hiding out. Nice. Very pull, nice. Pull all, pull all the uh, the hideouts away, <laughs> and then you are exposed. Very awesome. That's profound, B. Thank you for sharing that. And and if I if I may, I want to also comment on, you know, one of the ways that uh, w w it, it, you can use. It's so profound when you can use different levels of law logic and go, okay, look, I'm translating the invisible here. So then, where is my dashboard? This is your dashboard. I always say that the body is your instrument cluster. And so when you start to recognize that, what is the body doing? The body isn't lying because it's on a constant kinetic communication. And so it's operating through levels of instinct and intuition. What happens when the mind gets involved is that the mind works not on intuition and instinct. The mind works on memories and imagination. And so what's the mind doing? It's psychologically contorting a very clear and simple communication that's taking place between the invisible and the dashboard or the communicating device. And so when we start to look at it, and as you said, B, you're looking at this and going, how can I utilize this in order to remove all of the barriers? So I start to look. And as you say, there's a kinetic response here. So then I'm asking for something and I'm, I can bypass the body psychologically and go, no, nah, I'm doing it anyway. And yet later on, when you use hindsight in all of those events, every time you bypass your kinetic response, or as we say, it's your gut feeling or your intuition, mm -hmm. when you usurp that, and a lot of times people are usurping it, not because they're connected to it and are avoiding it they're so contorted from condition from uh you know uh adaptation confusion that they actually can't sense that and would need guidance back to that but it's our natural disposition to be able to you know the ultimate lie detector that's what lie detectors were for it was just based on kinetic responses and the correct questioning Mm. So that you could compare between certain answers and other answers and the, and the movement of the, you know, the spike of energy in the body. So, I mean, it's just now we see that GNM brings a new level of coherence to what the instrument cluster is doing. And it takes our unbiased, uninterrupted flowing currency which is our attention, which is awareness itself. And it requires that awareness is unbiased and fluid and continuous. And that's ultimately what self-realization is. It's the fluidness of now. Yeah. It is in all context, every, it's like all of my convergences, left, right, up, down, front, back, as, you know, as it's been said many ways by the masters, make them all one and your home. Mm. And, and so it, when, when is the distraction not enough? Because ultimately that's what it takes here. Mm -hmm. It takes that the distraction can't compute any longer. Otherwise you're going to be in it for a bit. Yeah. That's beautiful, Jay. Wow. Love it. I think, uh, it's like a, like an amazing summary in, uh, GNM. It's like the, this piece of the puzzle, a key piece of the puzzle to, to self-realization, to sovereignty, to freedom. And, you know, I, I, 
I, I love that uh, we had the chance to meet in person, be in, in Los Angeles a couple of weeks back. And uh, I really felt during that uh, weekend of GNM, I really felt um, like this um, revolutionary sensation, you know? It's like, if I want to be coherent, if I want to be in service, this is something that we need to get out there. Mm -hmm. So, uh, did, did you guys share this same revolutionary feeling and how are you guys applying it in your day to day? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I feel the same way. Um, I'm working on something now, kind of like a Google search for GNM that's in layman's terms, um, that can then connect there. There's so many amazing root cause practitioners that are pointing, whether they know about GNM or not, they, they're resolving disease from, you know, decompression, suppression work, you know, through emotional release and through, um, forms of psychotherapy. But the ones that really work are psychosomatic. It's not talk therapy and it's not just breath work. It's, it's a, the, the people that are doing it, they have this really beautiful integration of working with body and mind that resolves conflicts really well. And I think the, the old school GNMers, GHKers, which, you know, we're standing on the shoulders of them as, as giants. I think this generation is bringing a really profound, potent kind of like scalpel into conflict resolution that doesn't require the old limitations of how materialism can even seep into GHK. You know, it's like we have an example, um, Dr. Hammer, uh, what we learned over that weekend, um, Dr. Hammer would pay for mortgages of empty houses. And if someone had a territory loss conflict and they were getting towards the nine months, he just put them into a house so they would avoid getting a conflict or they'd uh, a heart attack or they put them into a house to resolve certain forms of cancer and they'd get into that home and have a territory and not need to worry about it and their cancer would resolve in two three weeks and um where that works because it's so biological it's like biology it's it's the unconscious mind it's okay i'm safe now you know it's just it's ones and zeros it's it's going to receive that again but what we're talking about is freedom ultimate sovereignty not just temporary management even if it does lead to resolution so i think there's an evolution mm -hmm. in our resolution our resolutionary strategy or paradigm that is defying the previously held limitations in German new medicine, you know, rightfully so it's like, this is all even this discussion couldn't have happened, you know, 30 years ago, 40, 50 years ago, at least online like this. And, you know, there's, this is new. We're, we're in a complete, we're in uncharted territory. And so I'm really excited, not just to bring GNM forward, but to create an alliance of those that are approaching resolution in a way that also leads people to freedom and into revelation. And I think that's what the world needs right now. It's, it's, it's meeting the materialistic mind where it's at. I need to resolve my symptoms so I don't die. I'm the body, you know, it's meeting that mind and it has the potential to take them all the way into a totally different way of understanding themselves and life. And so that's what I'm really excited about. Cool. Nice. Well, I'd, I'd love to answer it, Ro, but you know, I didn't make it to LA, although I was planning to, but I had other things come up. So I ended up we missed it down you. here. We missed you. Thank you. Um, but I can say this, uh, you know, I've, as I've been following uh, the GNM and the GHK for 
quite some time now and, you know, kind of bringing Roe into the fold some years back and, you know, just kind of the, the sense that I had because I had uh, already gotten to very exotic levels of liberation before the GNM came. And so it was like, you know, I recognized all of the principles that I accepted to be occurring without the comprehension, at least at the level that Dr. Hummer lays it out, of the five biological laws. And yet, based on the level of personal challenge and, you know, what takes place when someone for, in, in this uh, uh, situation, I was basically written off by the medical system. So, you know, through hardship, all of a sudden at the end, it's like, you're just the walking dead. You're done. If you won't let us kill you, then go die on your own. <laughs> and, and, the, and, and what that shift did was that went, I'm challenging everything. Mm -hmm. I'm over it. Whatever shows up, I'm challenging it to reveal itself. And through that challenge, through the willingness to question, and this is what I think where GNM is going to be very significant for, for these generations is that it's introducing a level of questioning that they weren't willing to question before. Mm -hmm. And so how profound is that, that it's like it removes this barrier to this level of questioning. And, and I think that you'll see that, you know, as we circulate together, even the three of us, we circulate, there's more coming here. There's more expression. There's more connection. There's more to share because, you know, who are we but the, the, uh, the expression of the ultimate of the, of source itself. That's who we are. And so anything that we are beaming, that's not that is ultimately a level of distortion with what is. And so it's the removal of distortion. It's not building some guy that's resilient to his environment. It's peeling back all the distortion to find out that you are the environment, brother. <laughs> nice. I love it. And, um, you know, it's, uh, I mean, I, I don't want to remember um, things in the past, but I mean, in the 2020 episode that we all went through, uh, it's very helpful to kind of open up to this new knowledge and be able to question and and uh, also very evident that there's so many things hidden uh, underneath the table that now it's time to bring them up. And I think this type of exercises and challenges and, uh, you know, this revolutionary energy to get this information out there, it's part of what's potentially changing the experience for many. Absolutely. Yeah, big time. Awesome. What a beautiful conversation. I think we hit into many nuggets, but I'm not sure we're there yet. I'm not sure we're no. there yet. What do you think, James? We got something you... else to drop. Well, you know, it, I, I think probably something that would be really valuable to, to kind of uh, uh, bring into this conversation is... You know, we're we're talking about this this uh, you know level of sovereignty, and what we find is is that B. You notice that that first off, I, I find it so profound that there are a lot of uh, and, and and this has nothing to do with any level of a judgment call. I'm just I find it profound that there is a lot of let's say uh, you know podcasts and and you know really smart people out there that have had uh, the introduction to the Germanic. 
and have had people like, you know, Dr. Melissa Sell, as we've had on here, and some people who have really been practicing this stuff that know it quite well. And I find it profound that there are people that are have got pretty big followings that are that have gotten introduced to the GNM, and yet they're professing entirely different things still. And 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 that's okay. That's not the point. The point is, is that it that person isn't ready yet to question. They're not willing yet to completely peel back because there's aspects of them of the false self that they aren't ready to expose yet. And so that means that it's still integrated into their character and their expression. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, carrying a narrative, carrying a narrative, but it just, it's tiring. It, it doesn't matter who it is, whether it's in this body or another, it gets heavy and hollow at the same time. There's no substance. There's no, what's the point of all this? Mm-hmm. And, you know, where, where we, can make a really big shift moving forward is how we segue the learnings of these biological laws and these these natural frameworks and structures and how we can segue that into complete liberation and not just, and that's where I wanted to bring back because we had brought it up earlier, but, you know, our, you know, opportunity in this time will always be now it won't be in the past. It won't be next week. It won't be next year. None of those even exist. They only exist to the imagined character who has contorted the ability to see what's actually going on. So what is it but just getting whole means, W-H-O-L-E, means that all of the attention is now. Mm-hmm. All of it's now. And any amount of it that's bleeding or being siphoned towards the past or the future are allegiances and the allegiances are to the non-self who fancies itself in the material world mm-hmm. as some, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, meaningful, character that's broken, that needs to be fixed, that needs, you know, needs all these different props outside of it. And ultimately it's just the <clears throat> illusion of this other person that we play that we think it's real but when you investigate the non-self you don't find it anywhere mm-hmm. you go wait a sec where is this guy that's this is what i wanted to comment on the fear part because what i do and when i communicate with clients i'm like well look let's let's there's many different ways to approach this but if you want to go black belt if you just want to circumvent a lot of the suffering and difficulty then you just need to go straight to who is it that's afraid and show him, show him here. You go, the body's afraid? What? Who? What? It's a sensation that's afraid? Oh, what? And you look for it and you can't find it anywhere. <laughs> Why? Because it's, you're calling habit. You're using habit energy, a repetition of cause and effect as your identity. <laughs> Identifying with something that isn't, doesn't have a sentient expression behind it. It's just ones and zeros. And so fear, what is it? False evidence appearing real. Who is it appearing real to? There's your question. Mm. Who is it appearing real to? <laughs> and and that's where there's so much power in, uh, you know, circumventing a lot of the character games that one plays. Because what's the ego do? It builds a spiritual ego. Mm-hmm. 
And that's where a lot of people are right now. They're building up the spiritual ego. They're bypassing the self in order to create a new super improved version. And you look at it online and you see all this stuff. On, look on Instagram. How many people are selling something where they're going to teach you how to get the very life that you always wanted? And they're going to get, you, you know, and you, you realize what's happening here is that this is just going to the body shop for a new character. Mm-hmm. And people can only lead you to, the, to their level that they're at. And so we are kind of revolutionizing where we go. Yeah, but this is leading to ultimate sovereignty. And, you know, you, you'll see that you start talking about, I stopped a lot of my circulation in, the, in the, some of the chats because as soon as you start going here, people lose their mind. Because they're like, you're, you, you can't say that. You can't talk about that. That's not, it. you have to be stuck. And it's like, no, no, sovereignty is unstuck, brothers and sisters. <laughs> sovereignty is unstuck. <laughs> I want to remind you of that. And I just want to say one last thing. And that is, the key to this is getting out of the way. That's the key to the deal, is to get out of the way. Because we're psychologically diving on and getting in the way. Of the, of the dynamic expression. So what does it take to allow that expression to come out uncontrived? It takes heart appropriation. It takes trust. It takes presence. It takes actually being here now. And then all of a sudden, whatever comes out is the flow. Whatever comes out is the expression of source. This is the expression of the divine. And that's where uh, uh, probably the majority of the individuals who are listening right now, although they may be in varying degrees of personal sovereignty, ultimately we find out that we've been manipulating ourselves, And you have to stop looking at everyone else as the manipulator so that you can find out that it's the mind, it's the mental game, it's the it's the false narrative that's been manipulating and getting in the way of the very clear picture. Mm. Thank you, Jay. That was epic. <laughs> Thanks, bro. It was. It was. So, um, why, why don't we jump into the into the nuggets of the conversation? I think mm. we touched on many. Um, st- I mean, I, I just want to mention a couple, and then uh, I'll share the mic so that you can you guys can. Also touch on the like the golden nuggets of the conversation we just had, and uh, after that, I will I would want to talk a little bit about the Sacred Mastery School that's coming up in in very short notice in, sa- in okay. Sacred Dynamics. Um, so anyway, I I really loved uh, the initial phrases that you shared. Be uh, really like good heaters to you know get gr- uh, warmed up. Ignorance on fire is better than. Knowledge on ice, really loved it. <laughs> um, and of course, the obstacle is the path. No, that that's a, a key one uh, that I also found it really, really cool. Um, uh, follow the impulse. When, when one feels the impulse of one's energy, you know, one has to be very open to that so that it can, uh, one can take action towards that and not necessarily where your mind is taking you, no? So be open to the feelings and sensations you have to understand where you need to go. Um, and also the sovereignty, the freedom, the all of that, that, that that's the bridge that we, we, we kind of see GNM as, as, as part of the puzzle, as, as a bridge to get into the, to the great work. But uh, I mean, those were the, like the 
keys for me in this conversation, but please, uh, if you want to comment, that, that'll be awesome. Yeah, I have a new nugget that was coming to me while, while Jay, you were speaking, which is, I'll give a little context first. The, the, the paradigm of problem solution sustains problem. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and so conflict resolution also sustains conflict. Mm-hmm. Subtle, but there's a big difference between resolving conflict and dissolving conflict. There you go. Resolving a conflict is questioning the validity of the conflict itself. And I'll give a real life, real world example with a client. Kidney program, abandonment, water retention, you know, damage to kidneys. And we, she's tuning into her organs, right? And then I have her tune into the feeling of abandonment where that hits her in the body. She's tuned into the feeling. And then it's first impression. When, when were you abandoned? And she's there. You know, when she's five years old, her mother leaves, never comes back. So instead of, you know, maybe old paradigm GNM would say, well, you know, you, how do you resolve that? They were abandoned at five. Mom never came back. You can't resolve it. So we just need to downgrade it. This is where a lot of the, it's like the, the unexplained mysteries that show, you know, it's like, this is just one yep. of those. We had to question if that story actually happened. And my favorite definition of forgiveness is I realized what I thought happened didn't. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's questioning in the moment where, where abandonment hit me and hit the psyche, was I actually abandoned? And that will lead us to questioning the I, the self, but just also on a very practical sense, put yourself there in that moment. Is that true? Or was that an assumption? And they, you have to get, you, there has to be revelation. You can't just, oh, it's not true. You have to actually see for yourself that the story that the psyche assumed, that's automatic. It's instant light speed. You, you didn't choose it, put it that way. You have to see for yourself that that's not a conflict to resolve. It's a conflict that was assumed to be true. That's not true. That actually mm-hmm. didn't happen. And the way, and the doing that in a way where you don't, you're not invalidating your experience and your emotions is the mastery in my opinion in conflict resolution and just from that session of questioning was i actually abandoned was i ever abandoned who would i be without the story that i was ever abandoned and it's like they're just crying and releasing and it's like oh my god that was just a story and then that night night sweats peeing it's like the the entire kidney program turned off and and then as a result she wanted to just call her mother and bond and have a relationship with her. But that wasn't the solution. That was an effect of the solution. Right. Or sometimes in GNM, we go in reverse order, just do that thing and it'll resolve. And sometimes it will, but because it's not done knowingly, there's not the freedom that comes with it. It's just temporary. It's like, okay, now I just need to sustain this relationship and connection in order to not feel abandoned. Well, that might create temporary resolve, but not freedom. And so the the nugget is conflict dissolution versus conflict resolution. And there's a nuance there. Well said, powerful nuance. And let's apply that nuance to the ultimate goal, because isn't that exactly what self-realization is? It's dissolving the Mm non-self. How profound be these are the, what a nugget to tie in here, because we just basically spearheaded the ultimate reveal because that's what this is and so it's a revealing so whenever you're not when you're in the way of a revealing 
you're psychologizing because somehow there's a character that doesn't like some aspect of what's going on. And so there's no retention there to actually be a part of what's taking place. So then what does the individual claim? They only claim a small piece of what took place because that's the only amount of attention they could place at that time. Mm -hmm. So then what is it that's bringing the resolution? Awareness itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Right? Because then what is it? Awareness is the currency of the universe. Why? Yep. Because everything here is for your attention. Mm -hmm. Attention is the currency. And so then how would I go in and clear a bunch of stuff that's fragmented? It's only fragmented because I didn't have the flowing awareness through the whole piece. Exactly. I only saw part of the movie. I left unresolved. And I could never put that piece back because I thought that it was in the past and you can't fix it now because it's gone. But <laughs> then you get to the fact that it's always now. And it's such a profound thing because you question the past and future and they don't hold up either. Why? Because every time you had any type of experience, it was always now unanimously. So if that's the case then when would now be the time to dissolve what's in the way? <laughs> when would now be the time? And I just keep applying and applying and applying and applying. What is it that happened? I looked away and never got my resolve. Now I look back and I support what is instead of trying to contrive something other than what is. And suffering is removed. So anyway, I just... Wow. To no, the self-realization because a couple of bullseyes oh yeah wow brothers <laughs> well thank you very much i think uh, uh brandon it was an amazing conversation we're really really happy and uh grateful with you for giving us this time i'm sure our audience will appreciate it very much and uh well uh hopefully we can still be in contact collaborating and you know building more energy to bring this beautiful information out there to help many, many people as we can. Um, I don't know. I'm feeling uh, it, by the way. I'm feeling it. I think that uh, it seems like we got more stuff going on. We got more stuff to do. Absolutely. So let's make this, let's make this like this really beautiful entrance to, uh, you know, how we, uh, you know, share and amplify the living story mm. and, you know, the, the great work. And uh, I, I'm sure we probably just, should get you on pretty quick again, huh? Do a quick turnaround. <laughs> I'm in. It, it, we're just getting started. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. Great to hear it. And uh, B, do you want to to share something with the audience before we uh, go into the uh, other other uh, announcements? I mean, I mentioned uh, I'm creating this uh, a database, a search engine like Google for GNM. That's very practical um, that the masses can use. It's in layman's terms, but it's also going to connect practitioners that specialize in certain conflicts. So it might be, you know, there might be a practitioner that their their specialty is cancer. Their specialty is separation conflicts, skin rashes. Um, so I, I'm creating an alliance of root cause practitioner that share in this understanding. Um, and I want it to be available to the masses. So that's, that's something that'll be, prototype will be out next month. Um, And beyond that, yeah, I do sessions. I'm going to be opening a, a group soon. I nurtured a community for, man, five, six years until this breakup. And I took a year off. 
And so I'll be opening up a community again. And um, so, yeah, just look out for that. I'm most active on Instagram. It's just my first and last name, Brandon Bozarth. So you can find me there. Nice. We will definitely share the links in, in the show notes. And uh, oh, for, for sure. sure, of course. No, we're going to collaborate with and, and share and, and bring this beautiful stuff to light. Thank you, B. We're so grateful for you. And we're grateful for you to be here. And there's more collaboration coming. We're certain of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, Jay, do you want to comment on our Sacred Mastery School program that we're wow. launching this uh, January? Why don't I? You know, we went through a round of this. We do this school called Sacred Mastery School. And ultimately, it is a flowing container. It's like, uh, I, I like to describe the Mastery School as like this flowing container of opportunity to engage with what is and to circulate through different sacred principles and 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 in this revealing process and so you know we find out that there it takes a bunch of devotion and discipline at the beginning when you have to retrieve your attention factor when you have to re reclaim the vessel you know and so there's this level that is that needs to be appropriated at the front side in attention but as you circulate and continue on this path you find that the weight gets lighter and lighter and lighter as you appropriate yourself towards your natural disposition so sacred you know sacred mastery school is an infusion of the sacred path you know the guidance to reveal and embody the flowing heart space yeah. and you know to reveal the true your true identity the ultimate the source and so all aspects are blessed by the process so we begun and we had a, a, a round in our first round the school filled up and we 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 filled up the school in our first round and we had really profound results and so we've kind of tweaked how we're doing this and so we've got an entrance course and then we're doing this um, you know, this this really cool, um, you know, series of months on and series of months off where we're circulating through this great work. And so we're getting very close to launching our uh, mastery school for this new calendar year. Um, and, you know, there's also different ways that you can connect with us, you know, through that level of work, whether it's that, you know, sacred mastery school, you'll see it coming out soon, or whether you feel moved to reach out to us, you want to reach out and uh, connect we can you know we can look at different ways where we can work one-on-one -on -one as well whether it's in person or through uh, you know through zoom and of course we've got this podcast running and this podcast is kind of an anchor for us to you know reach out and circulate with like-minded uh, you know meaningful interactions and i most definitely feel this was very significant and and so we're super grateful for you be definitely a heart-based uh uh, alignment here for episode 15 there's no question absolutely thank you jay thank you b and yeah thank you both dear thank sacred both. souls thank you very much for connecting and of course if you're moved by this please share this work with your family and friends and also as jay mentioned connect with us through instagram at sacred dynamics with 1d visit our website sacreddynamics.com also with 1d or you can join our telegram chat group at sacred dynamics 1D. Thank you so much and uh, see you next time, Jay. Yeah, thank you for listening, dear sacred souls, to the Sacred Dynamics Podcast. B, we love you, brother. Until next time, stay connected through conscious breath and grounded presence. Namaste. Namaste. Namaste, brothers. <laughs>